I'm Ricardo Fuller, and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. The Wizards of Drivel. This is our podcast, our home, our program created by a generation with instinctive resignation. Underestimated by many, we continue to strive, defy odds. We've been knocked down, bypassed, and forgotten. But it's not in our nature to be rooted. We rise up fighting, we learn, and we improve. It's in our blood, it's in our Patreon. The same is expected of our latest episode, a minimum requirement. We've been here before, it's part of our history, our identity. I've done it, Chris has been there, Tom's back for more. We're entering a new chapter with excitement, with optimism, united as a team, as a podcast. It's what we're about. This unit of... What? We could only draw 1-1 with Brentford. Boo! 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 Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Hello Dave, how are you? I'm terrified. Tom, how are you? Tom Thoreau is also here, by the way. <laughs> I'm not terrified. Yeah, that's good. Oh, lads, we haven't won again. Uh, let's go to the Wizards of Dribble home brand, freshly grown, three-word responses. Keep Bojan on. These are the clean ones, by the way. I had to do a clean edit of these because there was a lot of swearing. Uh, <laughs> keep Bojan on. Brentford were good. We were dreadful. Two points dropped. Same old drivel. Big job on. Room for improvement. Worse than Lambert. We got lucky. Wake up Stoke. Nothing has changed. Played off park. Long heart season. Oh dear, that's that, those are not a set of positive three-word reviews. And it wasn't a positive day for Stoke at the Bet365 Stadium. Tom, we were booed off the park at full time. And I saw you as I was leaving the ground. You said to me, that didn't really warrant a booing off. And But I, I suspect a lot of people will disagree with you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like people might have bought into the meme a bit too much. We weren't actually going to win the league with 130, 138 points. That wasn't going to happen, ever. And Brentford are a very good team, and I'm not denying that Stoke didn't play awfully and looked pretty crap. But we didn't lose. We got a point. We scored a goal from open play, I, I, I guess. Um, I guess that counts as that. And what a goal. <laughs> it was, it was, the keeper had no chance of stopping that one. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think we should boo. There was loads of opportunities to boo last season and no one booed, apart from like me at home, sat watching a stream because I don't go to matches. I, I just think... <sighs> booing that game... <sighs> Not right. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of that performance, I thought it was dreadful and every bit as dreadful as no doubt the people who were booing were. But like you said, if we, if we didn't boo at several points last season, I don't really see the point when we've drawn a game this season, especially with it being so early on in the season. And I'm just kind of opposed to booing generally because I think it's a bit kind of panto crowd it's a bit uh, a bit entitled really I'm, I'm not a big fan of it I can't remember really doing it at Stoke but yeah the fact remains we were really bad and Chris uh, 
yeah, it's it's not been fun. What have you made of the kind of fallout from yesterday? Do you think that the negativity is right for this stage of the season? I I think people are absolutely entitled to feel frustrated, but I think what you said there that the there is an almost sense of entitlement and I don't know, I think Tom hit the nail on the head a little bit when he said that people maybe bought the hype a little bit too much and thought that we were going to storm the league. I was definitely guilty of it, of, of believing our own hype. And, and actually, uh, I've, been, I've been working on this analogy for a while, but uh, we are, we're suffering from bad momentum. And, and as we know, momentum is everything in football. We've been like on a downward trajectory for, what, two years? And it takes... It's 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 like turning a big ship, isn't it, momentum? It takes ages to just get it round that corner, but once it does, things can go the other way. And and they, they, someone pointed out on Twitter that the same problems that we're seeing under that we saw under Mark Hughes under Paul Lambert, you can see the same issues with Gary Rowett. I would argue that at least Gary Rowett can see what the issues are and is very frustrated by it, but. Look, I, I I get why people are annoyed. I get that it's rubbish football. I get that we're not playing well and we're getting played off the park by some, some decent sides in the championship. I think that it may be a bit premature to start booing and shouting for heads and all that stuff. We're two games into the season and and as the manager has pointed out, there are still issues with players who don't want to be there and they still want to get bodies in on loan. It's a work in progress. Um, but I, I mean, people, I, I don't think I w- would boo even, I don't know, if things got worse, but I, I can understand why people are angry. And yeah, you, you mentioned there that we have been played off the park in two games and yeah, we did pick up a point, but it was a completely undeserved point, I would argue. Tom, from a kind of tactical standpoint, we switched from a 4-3-3 to more of a 4-2-3-1 with Bojan playing sort of behind a Fobe. A, was that the right decision? And B, was the approach to the game, I, I want to say good enough, but obviously it wasn't good enough because the performance was dreadful. But did you like the way we set up in general? Yeah, I think we we switched to that system that we used sort of in the last stages of the second half against uh, Leeds when we actually looked sort of capable of playing on the same pitch as Leeds, and I think that sort of carried on into the first half, and we looked more like the Gary Rowett team I expected from sort of having watched Birmingham and Derby and sort of how they attacked, especially after we scored. It really was sort of us inviting Brentford on, and then the second we got the ball, it was straight up the other end of the pitch, and not in a Tony Pulis here, Crouchy, get on the end of that one. In a, it was moved nicely up the pitch, but I think it wasn't it wasn't a tactical problem that lays down. I think it was genuinely just individual errors everywhere, and that lack of ability to do what Brentford were doing and just be confidently pinging the ball into each other. And I can't remember who said it watching one of the games today. It might have been sooner. Said um, you can tell a side's really good by how quickly they pass to each other. I think when he was talking about City and said that sort of irrelevant of where on the, where they are on the pitch, City's players almost twat the ball at each other because they know that the other player will take a touch, turn, and, mm-hmm. and pass it out. Whereas Stoke don't do that at all. 
the centre-halves roll it to each other, roll it back to Butland. There's no sort of urgency and faith in the opposition, uh, faith in the in our opposite player to take the ball and move well with it. So I think Rowett is doing the right things and trying to get him going. But as Chris has said, that, that momentum and that confidence in your own abilities and in your teammates' abilities is clearly our biggest problem. And I, I don't know how you can solve that without sort of just keep going, keep going. Yeah, confidence is exactly the word I'd use. Um, it's an in-game problem and it's kind of a longer-term problem. I mean, you saw it with the reaction to our goal. That that 10 minutes after we scored were the best 10 minutes we had all game and by far because they were the only 10 minutes in which we looked like the better side. And it was a decent spell. We were kind of getting men up the pitch. We were getting balls into the box and whatever. But that broke down, I think, the ball was cleared Darren Fletcher took a bad touch and then they went up up the other end and had a chance. And from there, the kind of confidence seemed to drain down again. We'd got a lucky goal that we didn't deserve and we had a spell in which to capitalise on it, growing confidence. And had we got a second goal, you know, maybe that confidence would have stayed or even improved. But they they got back into it. We looked shell-shocked again. But it's also the longer-term problem of we've still got no confidence. Yes, we have kept nearly every player from last season but last season was terrible and a lot of players confidence is shot to pieces like that I I know I slagged off Joe Allen a lot last week and I thought he was dreadful again today but there's no way Joe Allen is this bad Joe Joe Allen doesn't have the ball bounce off him this much I'm I may be wrong I mean there's a lot of people who uh seriously doubt Jarlan's abilities but he's not completely lead-footed as he has been in the first two games Bauer is a better player than he's played at even Shawcross I know a lot of people think Shawcross is finished but even he's better than he's been playing in these first two games that's entirely the the point like it's not it's not a fact that um these players aren't good they are good we've seen them play well it's the fact that they are so low on confidence that it it's detrimental to how they're playing and I have no doubt that if we'd have somehow clung on and got three points yesterday as undeserved as that would have been that it would have been a real uh, shot in the arm now I mean the 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 one positive I'm going to take away from this is Brentford were a better side than us they were a hell of a lot better but if we can pick up a point against a Brentford side when we are nowhere near our best when we are actually pretty weak that's a good sign for when we start to move things around and Gary Rowett has worked with uh, players for longer and he's brought other players in and we're playing some real dross now let I mean mate no mistake Leeds and Brentford are two of the favorites to be challenging to be promoted this season West Brom, I saw some people like complaining that, you know, Swansea and West Brom have picked up results. Yeah, well, Swansea and West Brom had easier starts to the season than we've had. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not saying that everything will be fine when we play a weaker team, because there are areas we need to work on. But I, I West Brom and Swansea wouldn't have beaten Leeds. They wouldn't have beaten Brentford. Like, I think, like... Yeah, it isn't the best, but we we can. There are signs that we can turn it around, if only in the fact that our manager is saying the right things, and we know that our players are capable of better. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, completely. I, I, I think you are right. These are two good sides, and we definitely could have done with a easier start, perhaps, just to get our eye in, just to get that first win under our belts early doors. My concern isn't in the quality of our position, it's more the standard of our own performance, which has been dreadful in the first two games. No matter what level of opposition, these are still championship clubs and we are still supposedly favourites, so we don't want to look like a championship also ran against these teams, which we have done. Admittedly, Leeds yesterday do look a class above, kind of already, and they are pretty terrifying to watch. But... I, uh, I, we got completely overrun in midfield. Uh, once again, Josh McEachran and Sawyers just had the freedom of the park at, at times. We were way too limited up front. We weren't creating enough chances. So I, I think it's just a case of... <laughs> yeah, we, I, we, we can't use it as an excuse, essentially, is, is my worry. No. No, uh, no, no. Go on, Tom. I don't think any of it is excuses. It's not in the sense of like we were under Hughes where it's scraping for any reason as to why we might get a bit better. It's just these things genuinely are there and they genuinely do matter. So like Leeds, um, it was only the left-back. It was only Douglas, who was a player in that squad who hadn't been there for a season. Brentford, they've all been together for, for the entirety of the of sort of last season. So they all know the system. Whereas we've got players like, both of our wingers came in sort of with a week and a half of pre-season to go, then they're going to take time to go up to speed. And yeah, you can criticise the recruitment team, and I fully think we should, because we seem to have people who value getting a deal done for cheaper over anything else. And in a footballing Mm -hmm. sense, that's not a good thing, because it takes too long to get players in, and then it takes time to get going. And like we said, with the momentum and confidence, if they go, it's hard things to get back. But I think with what we've seen at times and what Rowett is sort of saying, because I thought we were good after the goal, but Rowett has come out and said we were okay. We weren't very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did the right thing sort of for a few minutes and that was that. He is livid, clearly, that they aren't living up to what he thinks they can. I, I don't think I've ever felt like we've had a manager for that sort of since Pulis, really, who's been like, look, that was crap. These are much better than that and I don't know. I just feel, still feel like that buzz that we had before the season started. Yeah. Um, on the issue of creating chances, then I feel this is another real kind of danger sign for a lot of Stoke fans. We, to quote a famous song, we're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. <laughs> I, I mean. We didn't really test their goalkeeper, who, let's be honest, was a bit of a competition winner by the looks of him. And uh, McLean, Ince, Afobe, Bojan. I don't think any of them really had a bad game. I, I, I wouldn't say McLean had a great game at all. I think his final product, as we were warned about before his side, was severely lacking. But I wouldn't say he was awful at all. I thought Tom Ince was fine. Bojan was good. Who knew? Uh, and a phobe was fine. So, why aren't we creating chances? I think I'm going to sound like a broke record here it, because it's so important for counter-attacking football that you have that confidence to touch it round your man. And Ince, I've really liked watching because he's got something that 
even Shakiri didn't really have. He seems to be able, with one or two touches of the ball, to find himself in sort of acres of space. And he was doing it against yeah. Leeds as well. It was just no one else was with him when he did it. And I feel that's what Rowett's sort of attacking philosophy is about. It is about jumping into, I think he calls it the natural space. Sort of the space that is there, that is left there by the way we're attacking and the way the opposition are defending. And we just aren't finding it because everything is still too laboured and we just pass it around and then end up lumping it at McLean or a phobie. One of our uh, suggestions from uh, Perry Smith uh, su- suggesting a way Stoke can finally start winning a game is shoot. And it's it's basic, but does he not have a point there? there were there not times... I- I think Bojan had a couple of chances on the edge of the area where maybe we just need to have a dig from the edge of the area, just to try and have a go. But but then that just comes back to, again, the same old broken record of confidence. We're not confident. We don't believe in ourselves to do it. We are holding on to the ball and not trying those riskier passes. We are then lumping it up. We are, we're, we're not playing with confidence. And so you you're not going to have players shooting like from the edge of the box because they just don't believe in themselves. I mean, maybe you should put Charlie Adam on. We know he'll shoot. <laughs> um, I just remembered the point I was going to make earlier when I, uh, when I ran out of words. Um, yes, Brentford and Leeds are good sides, but what the both games have shown is the way to get under our skin. And I worry that lesser teams might be able to take heart from watching what both of them did is play with a high intensity bit of high pressure on us and we and we panic we we played nervous passes i mean straight from the kickoff we were playing balls off the pitch and put a bit of pressure on Darren Fletcher put a bit of pressure on Ryan Shawcross they'll make mistakes and you can find a route to goal that way so that is kind of the biggest thing in terms of the teams we've played so far, is they've shown the rest of the championship how to beat us almost. Mm-hmm. And whether other championship teams will be good enough to do that remains to be seen. Obviously, we're hoping by then Stoke have got a lot better and have sorted these issues <laughs> out. But uh, if I was a Preston player, I'd be thinking, right, we can have these now. Yeah, and I don't imagine we're going to bring in a defensive midfielder on loan, but that would solve a heck of a lot of the problems, having some a defensive-minded midfielder who can cover for Shawcross and uh, Martins Indy when... Because, because yeah, there, there have been occasions in the last two games where they have made some pretty nasty mistakes. And you with, with a player playing just in front of them, I don't think they'd be as, as exposed as they have been. Um, I don't know what you thought of Darren Fletcher in yesterday's game. I... I understand um, why he played. Um, yeah, and and I and I would, oh gosh, I would go as far as to say I don't think that was his worst game in a Stoke shirt. Um, I still think we need another defensive midfielder. I don't think Darren Fletcher is the answer. But I mean, what did you think? Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one. Um, I don't think he was as bad as Joe Allen. I'll give him that. And certainly, I think. Playing Fletcher was kind of a recognition from Rowett that, yes, we do need an actual holding defensive midfielder there. There were times where Fletcher had a really poor touch and there were times where players kind of ran past him. But there were also times where Fletcher did that kind of dirty work okay. I'd say he was a 6 out of 10 down Fletcher. I don't think he was as awful as some people were saying. 
But what, did he, uh, what did he get in the Sentinel? I don't know. I think I everyone haven't... got a six in the Sentinel. Everyone always gets a oh, six okay. in the Sentinel, <laughs> don't they? Okay. Uh, okay. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the player ratings, but... Yeah, I think Rowett knows that he needed that level of grit in the midfield. And I agree with you, Chris. I don't think Darren Fletcher is the answer long-term. But given that, why have we not signed a natural defensive midfielder forward slash does he think Sam Klukas is this actual defensive midfielder? Tom, I know you took a bit of a look at Sam Klukas uh, when his signing was announced. Do do we think he's going to slot in for Fletcher and be that DM? I, I sort of, I think, had the same take as everyone else when his name initially got mentioned of, oh, great, another slow-ish winger converted into a centre midfielder who plays box-to-box. But looking into it, he didn't play that role for Hull. He genuinely was sort of in the same way as Allen and Fletcher were, the deeper one out of a sitting two midfielders. So hopefully we can get Klukas up to speed and get him into that role because I agree with everyone that, that Fletcher needed to come in because we needed a bit more. And yeah, he was okay, but I don't want okay to be what we're aiming for. That that that's that we need to push on further past okay. Yeah. I, f- I feel like um You've you've both been very measured, and I did have a section written down in the show notes called "Dave rants about Joe Allen," but I think <laughs> every, everyone knows how I feel about Joe Allen. But suffice to say, he wasn't the only poor performance yesterday at all. So we're just going to move straight on to taking any positives at all from that game. I think we've mentioned a few of them. I like the fact that Rowett isn't making excuses, and I, I like the fact he's justifiably really pissed off with how we've played in these first two games. I like the... Well, I'm less concerned by the fact that these performances have come in the first two games rather than, you know, further down the line where we might feel like we've been exposed a bit. It's better to be exposed now than, you know, in the rush for a promotion place or whatever. Uh, The spell after the goal was okay. Yeah, we had 10 minutes. Admittedly, 10 minutes is not good enough in a home game against Brentford. And if you're scratching around for more positives, we've got a striker with a 100% scoring record so far. So there you go. What what we worried about. <laughs> Taking any more positives, Tom? I'm going to totally ignore your bit about moving past Joe Allen and say the positive is that Joe Allen is either one or no more games away from getting dropped just because, Christ, he can't carry on playing like that and someone else should. So I think that's a good thing. And I think it seems like Rowett's, that's a positive, that's actually a positive and not me having to dig at Joe Allen. Rowett genuinely seems like he isn't going to play the softly, softly approach. We had three midfielders against Leeds who got absolutely bossed off the park and two of them were dropped. I think that was a really mm-hmm. nice, good thing to see. And I think the same's happened again. We've sort of had... Centre half misperforming, centre midfielders misperforming, and he won't stand for it much longer after the Preston game if it's bad again. I think Ashley Williams was probably yes. another positive as well. I was uh, sort of took the opinion of, well, John Terry had a good season last year in the in the Championship, and he was thirty seven, so surely Williams can't be that bad. But he actually came on and, and looked good, and I think that in the way modern football's going, and the Premier League is, and and the Championship clearly is from our first two games that pressing is so fundamental to most teams plans we need to be able to have ball players at the back and mm-hmm. 
if that means Shawcross needs to step back for Williams in games like these, well then, thank God we've actually got Ashley Williams, who is comfortable on the ball. Yeah, I definitely agree with Williams. I thought uh, I was very pleasantly surprised with his performance and certainly would start him against Preston. We'll come on to what we do against Preston later in the episode. But um, a few more suggestions from the listeners on what needs to change in order just, just to get us a bloody win. Uh, Orphy, our mate Orphy says, back to <laughs> basics, solid defending and clean sheet, the priority, employ a DM, then nick a couple of goals to somehow build belief, confidence is shot. So yeah, hitting on pretty much every issue we've talked about so far, it's it's about grinding out a win and I was interested to hear the Brentford fan I spoke to on the preview podcast say, he doesn't like Gary Rowett, he doesn't like Gary Rowett's football, Brentford always seemed to Get come unstuck against Gary Rowett's teams but what he does do is grind out a win and by gum right now we need to grind out a win so yeah fingers crossed mm-hmm. for Preston on that one Potter's SCFC 01 I have recently started listening to the podcast and I've enjoyed each oh who left this in here uh, for me I drop I drop Shawcross he's too <laughs> slow and past his best and on top of this I drop Peters for Edwards as again too slow and poor in possession too many errors at the back and in possession, we are shocking. Uh, Peters for Edwards. Um, I, I'm, I can totally understand the call for dropping Peters. I don't know if I see Tom Edwards as a left-back. I'd be tempted to bring him in for Moritz Bauer. I don't know what you guys think needs to change in the kind of back-line department because we don't really have a proper left-back cover. Yeah. And I don't think, I think Rowett has mentioned that, that Klukas can play there, but I don't think we should mm-hmm. see him there. And it's kind of the same thing with Edwards of, he looked okay there against St. Pauli, but I, I wouldn't be looking at that as my first choice. Just annoyed that De Silva has gone on loan to Bristol. That has broken my heart because I wanted him so badly. But tinkering with a backline when your team isn't playing well can be a really dangerous thing to do because it's another thing that can go wrong. And whilst I thought Bauer's positional play was poor, in that 15 minutes where we looked okay, it was him and Ince every single time. They were linking up really well and clearly had an understanding with each other. So it's it's one of those things where maybe another two games we'll see Bauer get more used to playing a right-back role, which he hasn't really played for us with any kind of longevity. And maybe it'll get him used to playing with Ince. So I wouldn't be wanting to shuffle the team around too much sort of at the back yeah our team seems very lopsided at the moment with uh, with regards to the two flanks we've got Bauer and Ince who are attacking creative bit of skill about them and then we've got Peters and McLean who are god bless him not going to put a bloody ball in between them you know you could combine their crossing ability and get my crossing ability to be honest so yeah that that's a slight concern I have is just one wing is very good going forward, not so much defending. One wing is very good at defending, not so much going forward. So, yeah, remains to be seen if we can find that perfect balance. Uh, another suggestion from Colonel Pedantic. He says, we must find the Jade Monkey before the next full moon. Well, Colonel Pedantic, we found the Jade Monkey. He was in your glove compartment. So, yeah, changes <laughs> for Preston then. Um, Tom, would, would you carry on with the same system we saw and what personnel changes would you make? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd keep Joe Allen in. I, I wouldn't. I'd drop him as quick as possible. I think Etebo looked good 
when we shifted to four four two, he seemed to genuinely like want the ball, um, which I suppose is useful for a centre midfielder. I wouldn't change anything else. I don't think. Um, I think Fetcher will be okay, and we need to keep Bojan in there. Bojan needs five yeah. games. If Bojan's had five starts in a row and isn't <clears throat> isn't doing any better than he was against Brentford, then fine, I'm okay with you dropping him. But please, God, don't don't do the Hughes. Oh, I'll play him one week. Oh, we haven't played well without him. Oh, he needs to come back. It'll break my heart. I won't be able to cope with it, and I will go and support someone else. That's so incentive, just, yeah. if anything. Oh. <laughs> Chris, Chris, what uh, changes do you feel you'd make? Um, I I think I I agree with Tom on this. I think I'd only look to replace Joe Allen, and that's purely as a you are you've not performed as well as you can. Get some time away from the starting eleven. Let's rebuild your confidence. Get some give someone else an opportunity. Um, I think I'd probably keep. Darren Fletcher in because I I don't know who else we'd play in that position and as I say I don't think he had the worst of games uh, yesterday um, and I think you've got to, you've got to keep Bojan on because we need to be have that figure further up otherwise um, a phobia gets isolated um, and it, apart from that I don't know I don't know what I'd change apart from I'd have the, us really working on our passing and ball retention this this week um easier said than done i know and i'm sure we've been training on nothing but for for weeks and weeks but we we need to keep for the for the the vast majority of this team together because as we said uh, familiarity familiarity with each other is is key at this time um if we need if we're going to turn this momentum around players need to know what uh, how to play with one another so i think it's very important that we we keep players in, and and I and I understand people's calls to want to throw young some of the young players in, throw Edwards on, uh, Sorensen. I saw a call for as well on the internet. Um, I'd be reluctant to throw them in at this point because it's just throwing throwing them to the wolves, isn't it? Yeah, really, wolves have gone up, mate. So keep the team. F- I oh, wait. Oh, like why do I do this podcast with you? <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry to crudely interrupt your point with uh, yet more banality, Chris. But I, I do agree with the call to drop Joe Allen. I think uh, a Tabo to Allen seems the natural swap to me. Yes, a Tabo did do that stupid shot in the dying embers of the game, but. He does want the ball. He does seem to have something about him, at least, that Allen is definitely lacking in at the moment. So, a table for Allen. I'd keep the same front four. I agree, Bojan needs a run of games. I think Bojan, possibly our best player yesterday, but we didn't get a chance to see a full 90 from him. And that might bring me on to another rant about the substitution. Um, the only other thing I'd possibly consider is... Dropping Shawcross, this might depend if Bruno is fit or not, uh, but pres- assuming Bruno is fit, would either of you start Bruno with Ashley Williams? Yeah, I, I think just sort of what from Chris has said, uh, what you said about how like this, these past two games have sort of put on a massive... Uh, I forgot. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but basically they've shown how teams can play against us and stop us. 
And if teams come out, if Preston come out and presses, we need that presence at the back. We need Williams, who's confident to pass it, which is always a really good thing in football. Um, so, yeah, I think... Same with Alan, that, that Shawcross might just need to step away from it all and, I don't know, have a, have a bit of a, a zen moment and step back and think, you know what, I don't have to do it all myself. It's yeah. OK. I've messed up at times. It's so there okay. you go, Gary. If we drop Shawcross, drop drop Joe Allen, that uh, leaves leaves the armband open for Bojan, doesn't it? Which is something we all would like to see. Um, <laughs> listeners, listener question from SCFC underscore Oatcakes: Can you think of any players that could potentially come in on loan? If so, can you name them? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, lads. That question amused you. <laughs> I, I, I can think, I can think of the games, but I can't name them. If, uh, if Paul Merson was on this podcast, he'd have the di- the, that difficulty. You might be able to think of the player, but not really be able to name him. Um, but we, we know what you mean, SCSCFK. Um I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, all I know about players who are available and stuff is from... Uh, group chats and things. So, uh, Tammy Abraham, is he still knocking about? Because I think, as yesterday showed, uh, an, an option up front that isn't Peter Crouch would go greatly appreciated. So, anyone in the youngish <laughs> forward department with a bit of, uh, what's that word? Pace. Pace. Pace would be good. Pace in kind of any department, really. So, yeah, Tammy Abraham, uh, who's a fast left back oh I saw this lad um, I was saying to my dad uh, when we were looking so ponderous at the back yesterday that um, there's this young lad who plays for Girona in Spain uh, Mark something we could have really done with a player like him yesterday someone who can like be quick and pass the ball out from the back Uh, so yeah I don't know have have you guys uh, been aware of any loan rumours or have any idea what kind of player we should be going after in the loan window? Just to um, piss on your Abraham bonfire, um, Batshuayi has just gone out on loan from Chelsea, so I don't think Mr Sarri is going to let Abraham leave. What if we loan them Peter Crouch as they wanted to sign him last season? We can't. Their, their transfer window is closed, what, what unfortunately. About the loan? Yeah, there's, that's closed oh, too. What? I, c- I can't keep up this yeah. season. What a, what a joke. All oh, right, so that's that's one name we've cobbled together. <laughs> and uh, he's a no. Yeah. There was... Um, Mid- Middlesbrough were trying to go for um, Mohamed Besic, weren't they, on, on deadline day to to bring him in. I know he was on, on loan at Middlesbrough back end of... Um, this was it. This last season, he's not there now, is he? No. Yeah. He's, no. Yeah. Yeah. He was back. At, yeah. So they were trying to bring him back in. He's a defensive midfielder who I feel could at least could improve us. Um, it's it's really difficult to to go for the loan market because you you don't really know what players are, are willing to 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 leave for guaranteed first team football. Um, it is very difficult. So. To answer your question, SEO kicks. No, we can't name them. Um, Butler Street asks: Is Ryan the problem or the solution? Um, at the moment, he's a problem. 
further down the line, I think he could be a solution is a nice way I'm going to put that because I'm concerned, but I'm not writing off Ryan Shaw because as a footballer, I think we, we owe him that at least. Um, any other points you guys want to raise from the game or just moments of calm you want to inject because I feel like it's been just a it's been a been a rude awakening for a lot of Stoke fans and I think we need a, a moment of zen Every, everything's going to be fine everything's going to be okay it it's going to take time but it's it's in these moments where where your fanship is needed we need your faith we need you to you know rally together support them support the team don't i know i know it's it's tempting to boo but rather than boo what about a nice little applause <laughs> that'd be nice just you know say go on you, we know you can do better and and that'll make everyone feel just that little bit lovely won't it and and then they'll be like oh oh i'm i can i can keep the ball better now it doesn't need to bounce off me and go out for a throw in i'll be Everything's just because because that person in the third row of the queue railing stands giving me a nice applause. I'm feeling better. That was a nice I insight don't... into your parenting style, Chris. <laughs> I, I felt you. like I was being passive aggressively lectured by a parent there. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it was as successful as that. My parenting style. You know, I feel like you two are really chilled out now, whereas I feel child would just shout more I don't know <laughs> I think uh, we're getting a bit talked out here um, so I'll kind of wrap up with various bits and bobs, first of which is the Predictor League, that's going swimmingly there's about 20 new people who entered this week who didn't enter last week so you know that's, that's alright but you're kind of up against it a bit, uh, 7 people accurately said that Stoke would finish 1-1 with Brentford uh, at John Wayne UK at Ollie Walton 33 at Mossman 5000 what a name at Month LT wow at, is I he a rapper so. at Dubai Potter Keith in Baldock and Stokey 23 all said 1-1 they all go joint top of the league so yeah well done to them and if you want to predict the score for the Preston North End game, make sure you use hashtag WADPOD on Twitter. Otherwise, we are not going to count it because it just make things, makes things fiddlier to find on the old Twitter. So there you go. A long way to go. 44 games left in, in which to win, win that league. Make, make sure at least one of us wins a league this season. That'll be good. Uh, so uh, tomorrow we've got a preview pod for the... Preston game with Ollie Dawes from Deepdale Digest blog. Very good insights into Preston. And I, I think if you listen to that preview pod, you might be feeling a little bit more confident about that game. I think he's not really feeling Preston yet as a force this season. So go go look forward to that. And also, hopefully this week, we've got a podcast with John Leonard, who's written a biography of Tony Waddington. And we're going to have a chat to him about that at some point, hopefully this week. As always, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the ground sometimes. Chris, you're you're just generally about, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just... I mean, if you 
tweet me at any point, I will probably reply because I just live my life on social That's media. That's good. So, yeah, sad really though, Dave. It's not good. It's a sad thing. Uh, we we we'll we'll meet up soon. We'll we'll watch a Stoke game. It'll be nice. We. We're going to watch a football game soon, aren't we? At the start of September for your project. Oh, I'm glad you've. That's exciting. I'm glad you mentioned. As if to tie in there. I'm glad you mentioned the other (laughs) podcast. Yes, who are your podcast? The podcast I do that's actually good is back with (laughs) with an episode on England's uh, World Cup. It's a fantastic, fantastically produced piece of content, and I can say that because Ben does all the producing and I don't do anything. so yeah go and listen to that we're really excited about the future of who are you pod this season we've got uh some cracking interviews lined up with some uh quote-unquote famous faces uh, from the world of football so yeah get on who are you pod if you aren't already and yeah we are going to glasgow chris for the next documentary in the who are you pod series yeah, a, a big, big club we're going to do, uh, but we're we're not going to mention <laughs> them yet. So yeah, Tom, uh, oh. are we going to win the league? I suppose 133 points will be enough to win the league, won't it? Yes, I, I think statistically, I need to check over previous seasons, but usually 133 points seals you the title. Uh, Chris, are we going to win the league? Of course we are. Of course we are. It, n- never a doubt, he says. And now you're going to believe us. Thank you very much for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Go on, Stoke. Lovely. <laughs>